Welcome to Living Martial Arts with Master Ray Gale, aka The Dark Master. Living Martial Arts discuss and examines the everyday exercise, philosophy, and lifestyle of the martial arts enthusiast. The host talks about his own training, past and present, and he also interviews many martial artists to discover how they continue to live their own martial arts journey. Tune in for top tips on how to get the best out of your martial art. Or perhaps you're thinking of starting a martial art. This podcast offers you an easy way to dip your toe in. Sign up for the newsletter at livingmartialarts.com and get regular updates and training tips direct to your inbox. Follow the Dark Master on Twitter, YouTube, and Instagram at Living Martial Arts. Hi, hello once again to the Living Martial Arts Podcast with me, the Dark Master. We have part two uh, with Mr. David Pixton, um, and I'm sure this one is going to be just as informative as the last one we did with him. And um, welcome to you again, Mr. P. How are you doing? Uh, very well, sir. Thanks very much for having me. Very happy to be here. Thank you. Excellent, excellent. Well, the... Uh, the sun is, is shining through my my window there, and um, we haven't had a great summer so far. So I'm hoping that uh, you know, if you're listening to this, we're, we're still in the depths of May and um, <laughs> in the early part of May, and we're waiting for the weather to uh, to brighten up. But uh, we're going to carry on um, with uh, Mr. P. Uh, we've talked a little bit about his martial arts journey. You can ask him some other bits and pieces. Perhaps you can uh, um, uh, tell us first of all. My first one really is is about, and I th- you did allude to this one again on the first podcast. Really is about uh, food and uh, <laughs> food eating regimes. Now, uh, I think when I was um, I don't know my twenties and thirties, I could probably get away with eating most things um, as I was training quite uh, quite aggressively in those days. And <laughs> I was, well, certainly in the early days of my martial arts journey, I was running to work, skipping an hour every day, running back home, and um, I could eat anything and everything. Uh, these days, uh, I've got a, a very specific diet for a number of reasons. Uh, I had a particular health um, problem with my skin, which people will be aware of, and uh, I still need to make sure that that's okay. And uh, as I'm coming up to a very significant birthday, I like to still keep my my fitness levels as uh, um, you know reasonable. So my question really is: is that you know how you uh, go about um, you know your your sort of eating regimes? I know you keep you keep yourself fairly fit, and I think you know you look after yourself. You can see that uh, the body never lies, and um, you know you've got uh, you've always had a good physique. So you know, is it something you've been um, conscious of? I heard a great phrase the other day, which was that uh, uh, six packs are made in the kitchen and not in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's a really interesting. So if anyone's trying to cultivate a six pack and are doing tons of crunches and they're wondering where they're not, where why they're why they're not summer ready, then uh, it might be a, a kitchen based uh, thing rather than a uh, rather than a gym based thing. I just thought that'd be a funny funny thing to to get out there. Um, no, well, bang yeah. on, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it is. And um, well, th- thank, thanks for thanks for what you had to say about my uh, my, my build, sir. Um, I think I think first of all, I'm fairly lucky in terms of like my uh, my genetics that I have a fairly tall, slender, slender build, and uh, yeah. that's t- touch wood as I approach all those slightly older, slower metabolizing years. That is yet to slow down significantly. Um, yeah. But but actually, um, uh, diet and food regimes and things um, has actually a fairly 
um, I wouldn't really say complicated, but it, it's actually an emotive subject for me. Um, when I was competing, my dietary habits were super, super strict. Um, I, I followed a, a really, really harsh diet and exercise regime. And it gave me actually a little bit of an insight uh, to see how people can develop uh, complex relationships with food and uh, and and how sometimes the, our our relationship with food can not always be the most most helpful thing and being aware of your diet and what it does to you um, well I say your diet the food the things that you put into your body and what they do to you actually is is something that again we're quite happy to go to go eyeballs out in the gym sometimes but we're not always ready to make that same sacrifice in the kitchen and um, I, I remember when I was you know I walk around at about uh, I don't know just around 81 82 kilos when I used to fight a competition I used to fight at under 70 kilos and the lightest I ever got myself down to was 68 kilos. And, uh, you know, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy when you think about how I did that. And one of the things I remember was that the dieting and the weight cutting and all that was sometimes harder than the competition itself. And that is something that a lot of um, athletes that have to weight cut properly will will uh, attest to and relate to and i don't i don't always think it's the most healthy healthy thing and actually for for people that see those sorts of behaviors having been through i don't know what what sort of lessons that really teaches us uh it's a lesson that's learned the hard way i think um so uh moving on, so so anyway that that's a bit of uh, a bit of the the kind of history of of sort of diet and exercise that i've got and actually when when i was coaching for the squad whenever anybody came to me for advice on on cutting weight and making a certain weight and this that and the other i would always say it's not worth it <laughs> it's, you know it's, it's yeah. it, you know, ha- be healthy eat the right things and uh train in the right way and don't manipulate your weight because it's not really that that safe to do within the amateur confines that we have you know if you are a professional person with millions and millions of pounds on the line for a professional MMA fight or boxing match it's a slightly different question but actually for for us people doing day-to-day things it's about being sensible um at the moment i mean i try and eat fairly fairly healthy um i, I like eating and uh, I, I like eating most things. Um, my lifestyle choices now mean that I'm mostly vegetarian, so I don't eat very much meat at all. Um, I'm, I'm sort of mostly vegetarian, a little bit vegan as well. But that's not really to do sure. with dietary preference. That's more um, I've got a, a small amount of environmental conscious. And right. uh, I, I like to think that I'm being a little bit kinder to the planet by uh by eating a bit less of the things i used to eat more of back in the day so that's um that's sort of uh a a sort of where where i'm at i think i'm one of these people a bit like training actually uh once you get your your kind of eye in you know you get in the zone you can really focus on you know what you want to achieve and put your mind to it so um uh sort of food food protocols is more to do with my sort of um awareness of the environment actually rather than what i'm you know i put okay grade food in myself and you know i don't overdo sure. it on any crazy things it, you know it's, it's a fairly quite boring really <laughs> quite a sensible <laughs> quite a sensible diet that is mostly vegetarian so 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's it's strange. I mean, I I, I tend to. I've said this to, um, I think it was when I was interviewing um, Adam Woodhouse, but uh, I, I find it quite quite fascinating that, that that people sometimes don't relate how how they feel to what they've eaten. Definitely, um, you know, people say, "Oh, I feel terrible," you know, but I say, "Oh," and I also, "Oh, you know, what did you eat?" They go. Well, you know, they look at me as if, well, what's that got to do with it? <laughs> I think. Um, and and it's, it's quite strange. And, and what I've done, um, because, and possibly because of my, uh, you know, health challenges uh, a few years ago, is now I relate how I feel definitely to what I eat. Um, and if I'm not feeling well, well, I think, right, okay, what did I eat? What did I eat? And um, I try and uh, sort of think about what I had that particular day and what 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 would have upset me or what would have you know mm. made me sluggish or feeling a little bit tired or, or whatever. Not not only what I take in my <laughs> how I feel when I take in my mouth, but also I'm not sure if I can say this online, but my evacuation as well. Let's call it evacuation. Yes. <laughs> and um, I try and take note of of those two things um, and try and make my decisions on what I eat based on on those things. So. Um, so what what you're saying on that like um uh one one of the things that that i think is really important and uh, and, and actually people don't always realize is the um uh, things like sugar the yeah. uh, and and in theory we've got better access to information now sugar caffeine all these things that they, they are they are sure. you know okay in the right quantity but often people don't know what those doses uh, sort of should should be, and yeah. uh, we put perhaps a bit too much of it, or we don't dilute it enough with the the right things. It's not necessarily people don't eat the right things; they they just eat them in the wrong uh, uh, the wrong levels. And if you think if you think about it, the the things you put in, it's the fuel. It's the fuel for your body, and your body is the thing that operates your immune system. So you know, if you're not feeling yeah. too great, and you've put the wrong the wrong fuel in, then you know, actually the link between feeling a little bit under the weather and the way you have fueled your body, perhaps with some other sort of um, inputs from tiredness and stress and, and other things. Actually, that that sort of balance, access to things like fresh air, like a lot of your a lot of your guests and yourself have said in some of the previous sort of um, editions about being out in nature and being out in fresh air and access to kind of yeah. green space. All that contributes to both physical and mental well being. So it's sort of a, a very important part of the bigger picture, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think um, uh, I, I also think that not not just ourselves as sort of, for want of a better word, amateur athletes. But I remember going to uh, a specialist um, when my uh, I had a say that quite bad skin condition, and I've still got it. It's just not um, uh, it's calmed down a lot. But uh, and saying to the specialist, you know, and I asked the question: Would changing my diet help? And the specialist said it would make no difference at all, <laughs> and mm. I, I was quite I was quite shocked. And I said to them, I said, "Well, I, I have changed my diet, and it seems to have made a difference." And they seemed to think it was just luck um, or a coincidence, which really shocked me actually at the mm. time. But then I probably realised that uh, sometimes, um, you know, if you are if you are trained in a certain way, it's difficult to to change that mindset. Yeah, um, you know, particularly with. Um, you know, uh, Western drugs or whatever. Oh yeah. But, uh, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't want to get into a, <laughs> into a conversation <laughs> about, you know, uh, 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 my specialist or, or doctors or nurses, yeah. but I'm just saying that it's quite interesting that, 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 
we don't relate. Sometimes the common man, woman, don't, don't, doesn't relate that. But also perhaps somebody who's been trained to a high level doesn't relate that as well. Yeah. And also as well, though, not everybody's the same. No. You know, like, like uh, this is something you said. The good news is we're all different. And yeah. the bad news is we're all different. And, yeah. you know, what works for one person will not work for another person necessarily. And, and actually being having the confidence to make informed uh, uh, decisions and, and uh, doing things with that, then, you know, actually, yeah, may, maybe for, for, for that particular, uh, you, you know, thing, 99 out of 100 times that physician has had that experience, that's been the outcome, but that, you know, Sure. Not every every human meat suit that we are is not. They're not all them. You know, they're not all the same, are they? So, so you know, to yeah. say it won't make any difference because actually, you could have changed your diet and rammed in Toblerones morning, <laughs> noon, and yeah. night, and I guarantee that would have made a difference. <laughs> well, it, well, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, I will say to people uh, listening to this, whether, whether you choose to or whatever you choose to eat, um, my philosophy is. Um, is see how you feel eat something see how you feel and that your body will tell you whether it likes it or not and uh, also try and eat things with just one thing on the label if you if you eat cabbage yeah. cab, cabbage is just cabbage um and if you if you look at processed food and you see the amount, amount of stuff yeah, that's on, on the label of a processed food and that's not to say don't get me wrong i love crisps for example that mm-hmm. that is my achilles heel i if i start eating crisps i find it very difficult to stop um you know, and and other things as well. But all I'm saying is, I think if you're going to eat, you know, eat eat one thing with one thing on the label and nothing else. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, I I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. So, you know, it'd be better. Um, so, you know, we've talked a little bit about about martial arts um, in the in the first podcast, and uh, one thing that um, perhaps you can share with us is what you do. When you don't, when you're not doing martial arts. Now I know that's an interesting story because now you've got, you know, you've got your family and um, you know you've got got your your boys and uh, you know, uh, and they will take up uh, a massive amount of your time. Uh, but we all need time away. We all need to sort of have a bit of us time, a bit of me time. So yeah, really, what 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 you what you do, what the type of things you'd like to do when you're not doing. Uh, martial arts and um you know give you that that energy that boost to get back in there again yeah well uh, one of the i suppose um it's really interesting that there's 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 in in sort of some martial art communities there's there's a little bit of a running joke that says when you're not training you're just watching people train on youtube and um, (laughs) you know uh, i i I saw when when i looked at this question i thought what do you do when you're not doing martial arts and and uh, if i've got a mental bandwidth i'm still thinking about martial arts a lot of the time uh uh, i I might i might might watch them on uh you know watch some martial arts or or something like that actually um one of the before before I became very busy with family, one of the things that I always used to find was that um, if you if you cross trained a bit, if you practiced some some different things, uh, but they're all connected to the same to the same element. In my case, martial art, and we had taekwondo, judo, Brazilian jiu jitsu, Thai boxing, all the different kind of um, sort of branches to that main tree if one of them was sort of getting a bit um, i need a bit of a break from it another one would quite happily fill fill that gap until until you got your sort of mojo back again um sure i mean when when i'm not when i when when i'm not training now i mean it's 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 interesting because this question actually um 
raises another sort of issue about the sacrifices that you make uh, for your martial arts as well. So um, I put, what do I do when I'm not doing martial arts now? I spend time with kids and I spend time working and, and that's about it. Okay, yeah. that's fine. I've got no problem. I love spending time with my family. I love my job. It's great. But when, but before those things came along, I didn't have family, didn't have a particularly challenging or rewarding job, and all that was offset against my passion and practice for 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 martial arts. And I was quite happy doing that, and I'm I'm, I'm very happy now. But the uh, actually at at the time. I didn't mind doing martial arts all the time. It was really good. I really liked it. Um, and, and uh, you know, it, I suppose that, you know, because there's so many different people, so many different stories, so many different techniques, so many things to do that I, I never really, I don't know, maybe I'm a bit one dimensional. I never really, I never really got, I never really got bored of it. Um, yeah. In, in that respect. I mean, uh, that, that aside, I mean, uh, lifestyle wise, uh, I, I like music, uh, listening to and, uh, playing like I, I can make noise on a guitar. Um, so sure. I, I, quite, I quite like playing the guitar when the opportunity w- w- was there. Um, quite like my board games, like playing sort of backgammon and, and, and things sure. like that. But, but actually, um, the, the main driver of my time that, that was not martial arts was other martial arts actually. <laughs> Now, that's an interesting point. I mean, I, I, um, I mean, I also like a, a little bit of uh, music. I often say that if I if I'd spent the same amount of time playing my guitar as I have done doing martial arts, I'm sure I would have charted a number of times. Oh, definitely. <laughs> you know, um, and uh, some, sometimes I look at. Um, I, I had some tickets to see uh, Nile Rogers of Chic recently mm-hmm. um, in Bristol, and. Um, Unfortunately, it got cancelled, and I'm due to see him next year. But uh, I, I, I love the fact that how he how he can just play uh, play the guitar. And I also think to myself, well, to be honest, uh, he was learning how to do that, and I was learning how to do martial arts. So mm-hmm. you know, and, and he's put as much hours into that as I've put into my martial arts. Uh, and so you know, I can't complain really. But um, I'm trying to catch up with guitar playing and yep. in harmonica and doing the, all the other things that I wanted to do while I was, while I was extremely passionate and still am about my martial arts. Yeah. So, uh, you know, hopefully improve on those things. One of the things my old training partner and, and, and good friend Ollie taught me was that, uh, uh, interest in music gives you something to do when you're injured as a young person as well. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when I told him I was learning the guitar and, and he said, Oh, it gives you something to do when you're injured. <laughs> Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, I um, I can vouch for that. At times where when I couldn't do uh, martial arts, yeah, I certainly picked up my uh, picked up my movement side. Well, it, it sort of brings me on to something else. You mentioned training partner there. Now, I I don't know. People, I think, will see will see you. I'm just guessing. Um, as quite a, a self motivated uh, person. I've always seen myself as a very self motivated person, and I've I've never really needed a kick. Um, to, to get me training I've always looked forward to it and thought right you know oh, I can't wait to get up and get out and um, you know these days I get up very early and uh, get out and find a bit of grass and you know do some exercises mm. and I love it um, and I, I'm not I, I sort of question myself really I think that is it the martial arts that I love or is it just being out in nature as we mentioned before um, maybe it's both who knows? But uh, yeah, the question is is about training partners, really. I know, obviously, you've been uh, really, really good friends, as you mentioned with Ollie, who you know has, has developed your passion for martial arts. 
but I'm just asking whether you know training partners were important to you, perhaps um, you know throughout your martial arts journey, or do you think that you would still have that um, that passion, that get up and go to to do the martial arts without anyone? Um, this I think this is a really really good question, and actually anyone who is looking to develop their martial arts skills would do well. Uh, don't want to don't want to come across as a bit preachy. Would, would do well to 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 think about how they train and how they work with training partners. Because uh, mm. if you think if you think about the development of your skill, you go to class for one or two hours a week. In yes. order for you to develop that skill, you need to do some stuff out of class if you want to get if you want to get better. Um, and the question is: Am I self motivated? Yes. Absolutely. If there's something that that I want to achieve, I will achieve, it. and that happened to be success in martial arts. Okay, like I, I got sure. I got quite good at martial arts because I grafted really, really hard, and I had yeah. absolutely zero problems with training, uh, getting up at five thirty in the morning every day, and just crushing it. I had no absolutely no problem no problem doing that. Uh, you know, I, I didn't I didn't ever go oh i don't want to get out of bed this morning i was i was up like clockwork and that and that actually that attitude has stayed stayed with me like forever even now with like young kids instead of getting up and training i get to get up and play fire engines it's still just as good um <laughs> you know uh, and and, I, and, I, and i'll still be all, all over that i mean back back in the day when i was training at my peak i was training sort of over 20 hours a week of tr- like training uh, as well as working a full-time job as as well and that was just that was just because i want to be better and part and parcel of that you have to tie in training partners with that you you have to if you want to get good at sparring you need sparring partners if you want to get good at pad work you need you need you need people to hold pads for you and you know whatever whatever it is if it's a you know if you want to get good at wrestling or throwing or groundwork whatever it is you need someone to work with. You can't develop those skills as well, you know, as well as you could doing it just by yourself. And at the start of my journey, I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that that was a thing. And and that was, I, you know, I was going to class regularly and we'd spar in class and I'd try and seek out sparring classes and things like that. But it's only when I met Ollie and, and we had our little dust up and then, he, and then he sort of said to me afterwards, oh, do you want to be training partners? And I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't know that was a thing. And I was like, Okay, and and having been on the receiving end of quite a severe hiding, I sort of said to him, "Look, what, what are you getting out of this? You know, like I, I I'm I'm totally down to train with you because you'll teach me a whole bunch of stuff." But I didn't quite understand what he was getting out of it, and and he he told me that he was he was very focused on basics, that having really really solid basics, and he said, "If I can just teach you enough to practice basics, then that is all I'm looking for." And and that was sort of what got me into the philosophy of having good training partners uh, because it enabled you to develop your skills and them to develop their skills. And if you had a fairly common goal, uh, you both got there much quicker than had you have done it on your own. And one of the things that's, that's sort of gone really well with that, I mean, I have been lucky to have had so many dedicated training partners i mean part of it is yeah they've got to come and train with me 
you know, and, and I've sort of led the way for a lot of training, but sure. I have benefit. And, you know, you said, you said on the previous episode about how the teacher learns things from the student. I never really sort of saw it as a kind of student teacher relationship. It was more of a, we'll learn, you know, I'm a bit better at this, but you might be a bit better at that and we'll meet in the middle and, and then we'll go up together. And, you know, yeah. Maximum respect to all of the the training partners that I've worked with. You know those guys that were prepared to meet me. At, uh, you know, uh, talk about cool stories in 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 martial arts. My my fr- my friend Sam. Uh, we were training for a competition, and the first session we did was was outside in winter. It was minus four degrees. Um, we right. trained outside on the pads in, you know, it was like six o'clock. It was dark. We just had the light of the street lights. Anyone driving past must have thought we were mental, you know, like, <laughs> you know, but, but funny enough, that time in the morning, no one else is about. And, and actually that's, that's one of, one of the things that I learned about kind of self motivation as well. You know, people can beat me because they're more skillful than me, but no one would ever beat me because they worked harder than me. And, and I always yeah. used to, I always used to have that. And that was some, weirdly, I got that from, from the stories of Mike Tyson. I remember watching yes. documentaries of him and, 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 you know, put all of his personal things to one side. What, what I, what I took away from some of the things I saw was that he was out running and this, that, and the other. And he sort of said that, you know, no one will train harder than him. And, you know, whether that's a particularly sensible philosophy or not, I don't actually know because that's also a pathway to injury if you're not careful about it. But one of the things yeah, yeah. that I always, I always thought no one, no one can make me work harder than myself. And, you know, having that was something that I found was always quite useful. Whenever I was doing competition or something like that, and we got down to the, the last minute of the last round and it was time to go eyeballs out, I could always dig in to that, to that extra bit of motivation that I had to, to, to kind of get stuck in and, and training partners have been absolutely crucial, absolutely crucial in that. I would not have got as good as I did without the dedicated help and support mm. of all of those training partners. And, and also, that, you know, also, also as well, the teachers from the classes as well. But you know, if you want to get better, you have to figure out a way of doing it outside of the class. And that was as well as training myself, you know, if you're the, the attitude I always had is if you're by yourself, you can only train the skills you can develop by yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But if you've got access to a training partner, take it and use it. I'm, 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 I'm really lucky at the moment, actually. So where I work, where I have access to a gym and I have access to, 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 to people with an interest in martial arts. So we yeah. can, we can do, we can, we can practice things together, you know, and, and that not, not just sparring. If you want to improve some of the other aspects of your technique or your forms or whatever, you know, patterns, whatever it is you're trying to do, you know, having a, an extra set of eyes to help you, you just get better quicker with training partners, in my opinion, sir. Yeah. And it's, it, it's, um, uh, a great, great answer, by the way. And, um, I can relate to, to some of that. I used to do some strange things. I used to go out running at one o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. Because in my mind, none of my people, none of the people that I was going to compete against would do that. Yeah. Um, and for some reason, I, I thought it'd give me a, a mental edge. Uh, yeah. A, a, yeah. You know, and um, I believed that when I went in and I was facing someone and I looked at them, I thought, yeah, this person hasn't been out running one o'clock in the morning. Um, <laughs> and I, I just made me stronger. I felt a lot stronger because of that. But um, the, the, the training partner thing is interesting because. Most of most of my taekwondo, particularly my competitive part of taekwondo, my training partner was Master O, <laughs> and um, 
but but I didn't realize how beneficial having been a lightweight and having somebody who was six foot seven, six foot eight, uh, sparring against them, um, how beneficial that was at the time. And it was only looking back actually after my competition career and seeing that in the rear view mirror thinking, wow, you know, because most of the people I competed against were much taller than me. Um, so it taught me a lot about, um, you know, things like distances, closing the gap yeah. quickly and whatever. Um, and if anybody actually saw myself and Master Ogborn inspire, they'd think we hated each other <laughs> because there, there was no holes barred. You know, if, if you ask him <laughs> what are the, the hardest times he's been hit, I remember hitting him with a reverse knife hand. We were, we were training and, um, he had to stop. It was, it was quite, I thought I'd broken his nose. Um, and uh, we had that respect for each other, but we would spar tough. We would spar yes. hard, you know, and we would go, we would uh, go home laughing and joking afterwards about, uh, about different things. Or oh, you hit me that, Oh, you are, well, you hit me harder than I hit you, blah, blah, blah. Mm. But I actually didn't realize how beneficial my training partner was, Master O was until I finished my competition uh, career. And I'm hoping that, you know, he feels he feels the same because a lot of people that he was going to spar with would have been smaller and perhaps yep. a little bit quicker. Um, so it sort of taught him how to deal with with, with people like that. So yeah, yeah, it's a great. Well, on 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 that note, sir, one of the things that's very evident is obviously yourself and Master O are very very uh, very close, and uh, you know you can happily uh, you know kind of uh, uh, kind of. Uh, spar hard with each other and come out of it and i like to think every every time you get hit hard by your training partner they're hitting you with love <laughs> you know you know in, yeah. in, 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 in a way and, and you know i i love all the people that i train with and and uh you know i i hope uh, you know talking about kind of stories I, I really hope mr whitlock won't mind me sort of mentioning this one because he was he was a great training partner you know i used to love well i still do train with mr whitlock occasionally actually where, where time is but but we have a great story in that we were sparring and um uh, i hit him i think with a back kick and i thought i'd winded him and because we were young men who had to be super super tough when he went down i you know sometimes i you know come across as a bit kind of stern and cross and i just sort of ordered him to get up and finish the round which he did which he did i've never met a tougher man he got up finished the round and my recollection of it was uh, was that he fought another round and then he sort yeah. of went off to the side feeling unwell and turned out he'd ruptured his spleen <laughs> but oh um, yes yeah 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 uh, and, and i really hope he doesn't mind me telling that story and 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 yeah. um but you know, it, it sort of showed. But I hit him. That back kick was made with love, and, uh, <laughs> and he received it with love as well. And 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 I'm sure. Actually, I actually, I, I've never been happy to have been kicked in the face by such a great guy. <laughs> you, you, you know, you know as well. And, and he is more than well. Uh, you know, he he's taken that with really, really good. Uh, you know, with with sort of good, sort of good humour. <laughs> if you can have such a thing in those those circumstances, but you know. Imagine if that had been, you know, if we didn't have that relationship with each other, that could have been potentially a very difficult sort of situation. And, and having yeah. training partners who you understand well, you share common goals with and you're learning from each other, you know, uh, it, it's really, really great. So I don't think I've added anything useful there other than it's a fun story. No, no, no. no, no, no it, it, it is great. And ho ho hopefully you can come back and, and tell his portion because I've asked oh, him love to be to hear on the it. podcast and he, he, he has agreed to come on it. So uh, um, I, I will be uh, interviewing him at some point. 
point he can give his his version of that. But uh, no, I, I I do agree. I think um, as you say, it, it, it's about love and and about wanting each other to improve. So definitely, definitely. As you say, also as well on on improvement, there's there's nothing better actually. Um, because I, I recall last time Mr. Whitlock and I uh, sparred competitively, he absolutely served me up. Like I got absolutely battered by him. And it's really nice. It's really nice to see the, the journey that people go on because my story with Ollie is very similar, actually. You know, like he, he kind of gave me a, a wholesale bashing when I first started training with him. And the last time we had a dust up, yeah, he still got the better of me, but you know, to see your improvement and to see your training partners improved is it's also a really, a really, um, you know, it's just, it's just a, 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 from a human perspective, it's just really good to see the growth, like human growth, people growing in skills and, and confidence yes. and all of those things. Yeah, de- definitely. Well, um, uh, th- thank you for that. No, it's, it's, it's actually great because I think, uh, the, the, the training partner, um, uh, issue is quite interesting hopefully people will take that on board and and uh, use some of that that uh, information from you there um my uh my next one is is really about levels and grades um and i know that uh for myself you know when, when i started you know you look at people you think wow you know they're black belts are third degree fourth degree fifth degree you think wow um and then you get there yourself to that level and you think wow well I don't know I, I just feel the same as I did I don't think I've changed as a person um you know I'm still the same old person I was when I, when I was a first degree um or, albeit I've got a bit more knowledge maybe so the, the, the question is about grade really and whether it whether it matters whether it matters to you whether you think it it matters um and maybe at what stage in your journey you think it doesn't matter um mm. yeah how about that one it is a tough question actually and it's something that i've reflected on quite quite a lot um and the, the answer actually is when you get to a certain level the expectation is to say no grade doesn't matter but actually it does uh, I, I think it does because uh the color of the belt or the number of stripes on your belt or something like that is quite often the first thing that somebody sees about you even if they don't know anything about you it's you know like you say they see somebody wearing a black belt and they've got an expectation of that person's yep. ability and capability and and all those things and as we go on we we sort of come to learn that those things are are not always the same but um i think one of your uh, i guess mr harper said actually they're a good uh, if you're sort of just starting out they're a good like barometer of your progress when you are not when you don't have the the wholesale understanding of what what you should do you know that they're just a good marker uh uh, uh, sort of going up the grade so i think i think grades do matter and actually something um that that is important is it's however people see but sometimes how you see yourself and it's a recognition sometimes of the effort that you put in to get to a particular place Uh, like for example those people that test for for black belt under under sort of systems like like puma for example that is a hard test that is a hard test and and to to achieve that grade is a recognition of someone's hard work and there is a there is a there is a spectrum of technical capability all across those black belts but they've all proven that they've got a, a particular characteristic or attitude or approach that means that they that they have earned and they deserve that grade and i know that that is that is not consistent across all martial arts you you know uh, sometimes you just pay money and jobs are good and you you know uh, you can join online and get your black belt with machacho in two weeks okay but um 
uh, I, I think being being able to uh, to, rec- to to draw a line and recognise that what you have done, I think it is is really important. And it, it take you have to go through a journey to recognise that the grades, depending on where you're at on your journey, they will be important at more times than others. Like for example, if you are really keen to do competition, you don't want to be a white belt. <laughs> because you're not allowed to do competition you know you yeah. want the right grade to get yeah. you into competition you know when you when you change from being a colored belt to a black belt for example you're no longer fighting against your peer group in competition you might be sparring you you are a newly promoted black belt of three years experience fighting a 20 year season fifth degree black belt who's been knocking heads at the top of their game for 20 years you know it's it's a, a really interesting yeah um yeah. A, a, a sort of way way of looking at it um, but also as well so something that that means a lot to me actually is uh, uh uh having a grade is something that you can use to uh help you with your self-esteem as well okay. you, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you can say look you know i have passed a grading I am worth something. <laughs> now I know, I know yeah. that sounds, you know, that, that you know, I'm not an expert at all in this, other than I know how I feel. And passing yeah. a grading makes you feel good. Yeah, you, yeah. You, you know, but but only if it's worth working for. And, and you know, sometimes we don't always we don't always know what we're working for. But but having that, so I've gone on a bit of a tangent. I've probably not given you a really solid answer. No, no, but, no, but my, my my answer is grades are grades are important, and yeah. actually, it's 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 a subject that is actually a, a bit more detailed than just going yes they're they're important when you're junior grade when you're senior grade they're not so important because i think it's actually a much more complicated question than that yeah 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 well uh, do, do you know what? yeah you, you've given me some food for thought because I, I i i would definitely say i didn't agree with all of that but i have to think mm. about it. i have i have to think about that so i'm, I'm gonna use that mantra all grades matter um and um <laughs> have, have 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 some thoughts about that it, it is an interesting subject and i think that um maybe I, I have to think about it a bit more a bit more deeply um and, and maybe from a slightly outside the box but no thank you for that as I, hey as we say my students always teach me something and I think you've certainly taught me something and you've given me some food for thought there. So thank you very much for that. That is is most appreciated. Also as well, I think, I think on, on the subject of, um, you know, kind of, kind of grades or or whatever, whatever it sort of happens to be, it's a, it's a process, you know, your philosophy will, will change with, with things that, that we learn. And that's, that's, that's as grades or not, actually, this is the thing that levels it. We're all, I'm, I would be always happy to be progressing. No, no, no matter, no matter what, you know, you know, like, uh, even if, even if the, the question is, you know, if you said to everyone doing martial arts today, no more belts, so you're going to keep doing it. You know, you'd soon find out who the dedicated people were because they'd be oh, yeah. bothered about, you, you know. Yeah, belts are not – maybe one way to put it is, are grades important? Not really. Are they nice? Yes. Right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, I think that's probably a, a great way of putting it, to be honest. Yeah, thank you. Well, we, we actually – I can't believe it. We're nearly at the end of this. Oh, cracky, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we've, we've done, done quite, a, quite a bit. But uh, uh, once again, I'd just like to say thanks, really, um, for your uh, for your insights, Um you know, you 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 do think about things 
uh, quite deeply. I know that. And uh, you can tell that by the way you've answered these, uh, these questions that I've asked you. Um, once again, love you to come back at some point and do, do some more. We can talk about other things. I'd love to, love to do the, uh, the Ghana one that we mentioned in the first podcast. Talk about that. Talk about our experiences uh, in West Africa and, um, you know, um, the type, type of training that we did and um, working with the uh, Ghanaian armed police and all that. Stuff. Yes, uh, yeah. That, 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 that would be great. I'm sure the, uh, the listeners would love that. But uh, oh, listen, thank you very, very much. Uh, best wishes to you and your family. Um, you know, I hope, hope that, uh, you know, you, you all have uh, lots of fun as they, as they grow. Yes, um, I'm sure that you're going to impart some fantastic knowledge uh, to your boys. And um, if they ever do martial arts, they're not going to have a better teacher than you, I'm sure. So, um, you know. Well, uh, if they ever do martial arts, hopefully they'll be being taught by you, sir. So uh, they will definitely not. Well, that, that'll, be <laughs> <laughs> that, that'll, that'll be a pleasure. That'll be a pleasure. Thanks yeah. very much. Uh, thank you, um, th- thank really you indeed. So it's been it's been a great pleasure. Thank you. Excellent. Well, uh, anybody uh, listening to this, hope you've enjoyed uh, the podcast, Mr. David Pixon. Uh, real inspiration to many people. Um, if you're lucky enough to be in uh, our, our Puma Martial Arts organisation and you've had the chance to to, to train with him, um, I'm sure that you've uh, come out uh, all the wiser for his knowledge. Thank you. See you soon. Thanks. Mm-hmm.